Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Hi everyone and welcome to another saunter with me Paul White and I just wanted to put some thoughts down really real quick that have been filling my mind just in the last few days um, and fascinating me. Uh, So it starts like this. Um, The psalmist David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is just such a beautiful psalm. I was taught it by heart when I was a child at Sunday school, and it's really been something that has accompanied me through my life, and it's just a wonderful insight into the way God lovingly, graciously takes care of those he loves and those who follow him and and so it's and it's so familiar it can almost be over familiar but then I began to think about uh, as a pastor constantly my um, the way I treat people and the way I care for people and serve people is constantly under review in my own mind in my own heart I'm constantly challenging the way I think and and trying to have fresh insight and I feel uh, I've said just recently I feel more like a novice now than I've ever felt in my life you know and I've been doing this a long time and uh and then I was just reflecting on the way God leads his people and the shepherd Jesus said I'm the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep he talks about the hireling who comes and when the wolf comes the hireling runs away so this person who's just um, a shepherd for the money when the when the enemy comes or the threat comes to the sheep the shep this hireling shepherd this person who's just there for the to pick up the paycheck they run away 
But Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And commentators have told us how the Middle Eastern shepherd used to lay across the doorway of the sheepfold, which was a little um, stone enclosure where the sheep were ushered into for the night. And the shepherd laid down in the doorway and kept the sheep safe, literally laying his own body down in the doorway. And I mean, that is just such a profound image that has stayed with me. But if you visit the Middle East or um, some other countries where shepherding is very much a way of life, you see the shepherds out in the hillside. I've seen it in Turkey where the shepherds are out in the hillside many, many miles away from any dwelling place. And you you can smell the sheep because the billy goats, the 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 billy goats and there's the sheep and the goats often together and the billy goats really really smell and you can smell them like a few hundred yards away and um but then you'll see the shepherd there and the shepherd's just been out with the sheep for days on end and goodness knows where they live or where they sleep and so on i guess they sleep out and the idea was that the shepherd led the sheep walked ahead of the sheep and found this good pasture it says um there we have it in verse 2 it says he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters and I was thinking about God in the wilderness with the people of Israel so remember they came out of Egypt in the exodus this huge vast sea of people who had been slaves and suddenly they're dressed in all this Egyptian finery because the people have been giving them gifts as they've left and they're got jewellery on and lovely things and they're in the middle of this wilderness and God for 40 years walked with them and went ahead of them in the wilderness like a shepherd and the shepherd would sleep among the people uh, among the sheep rather and lay down cover himself up or maybe in a little booth in a little shelter you sometimes see little shelters in those countries where the shepherds are camping out and uh, the presence of God was like that shepherd that went ahead of them in the wilderness. So wherever the pillar of cloud went, the Israelites moved on in response to that. When at, um, at night, it was a pillar of fire. If the pillar of fire moved and it was nighttime, they still began to fold up the camp and up they went and responded and moved in response to the movement of the cloud of of the pillar of fire and so god was there as a shepherd but he it's so interesting as well because he lived in a tent with them as they lived in tents it, his tent was made it was called the tent of meeting moses constructed it it seems as if before moses built that tent there was a another tent that moses used but more makeshift um, but we read of God's glory coming down and settling on the tent and Moses going when Moses went in to meet with God. And so there's this idea that somehow the the vast creator, the the awesome, most powerful creator God somehow has shrunk himself into this um, shepherd figure who lives in a tent and who travels through them, albeit in a glorious way through the wilderness in this pillar of cloud or this pillar of fire at night. And in there he is as a shepherd, but he's 
residing in a tent is so interesting. And then when we get to um, John's gospel in the New Testament, John says that the word became flesh. And we know that he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the word of God, the very essence, the nature, the, the everything that God is became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and they tell us that the word there used by John for dwelt among us is can be paraphrased pitched his tent or tabernacled it was like the word the very essence the very being of God became flesh it became human flesh and blood and lived in a tent Jesus often referred well he did I say often he referred to his body as the tent of his body and uh, he there he is, the great God of the universe, the one who created us, who who threw the stars into space and did all these incredible things. There he is camping out among his people as a shepherd. And there's Jesus himself tabernacling, pitching his tent amongst the human beings that God so dearly loves. And then as I began to kind of as I continued to reflect on this I, be, I began to think of Psalm 23 and I'm thinking wow if the Lord is my shepherd if Jesus is the shepherd if Jesus is the good shepherd then surely um, we are under shepherds we who are pastors of God's people are under shepherds we must surely model ourselves on him it's not a revolutionary thought to be saying oh yeah we should be imitators of Jesus in our shepherding ministry, in our pastoral ministry. But then I began to think, well, what, what does that mean in the light of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So somehow, because there is a godly shepherd in uh, looking after the flock, surely it should mean that there's nobody in need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That shepherd leads the sheep to a place where there's nourishing food he, he he's finding that provision of god's sustenance and grace and ah oh, and and creating this environment where the sheep are well fed they it leads me beside still waters that's a, it all speaks of safety um and security and provision doesn't it but then it goes on verse three he says he restores my soul this is about healing this is about the process of um, becoming binding up the broken hearted Jesus claimed that scripture from Isaiah 61 didn't he he says the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor to uh, set the oppressed free to bind up the broken hearted recovery of sight to the blind all of that wonderful stuff and so this is about restoration the shepherd, the pastor, surely is one who is bringing healing, restoration to the sheep. There's some controversy always about inner healing, but what is restoring the soul is restoring the inner part of the human being where it's been damaged and where the effects of sin and abuse and pain and suffering have left us scarred. He restores my soul. That's part of the pastoral ministry is to be bringing that restoration into the heart and the soul of a human being, a follower of Jesus. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he's showing me the right path. He's not just leaving me to drift and wander. The shepherd, the pastor is there saying, these are the good paths. These are the ancient paths. These are the ways of God. This is how we walk with God. We help people when they're agonizing over decisions. We say, let me pray with you. Let me support you in that. And let's hear God together. Um, then verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is just such an incredible picture because we don't get a free pass as a child of God or as a disciple of Jesus from all the difficulties and pain and suffering and even death itself. It comes to us all, doesn't it? But he's saying, even though I walk through this valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I was talking to a friend yesterday who was diagnosed with bowel cancer and he, um, he was somewhat afraid and nervous and difficult, struggling with the whole situation. And then he was in the, the big tube scanner thing where they scan you to see what the see what your body looks like on the inside and he said in that moment he be, just began to thank God and the presence of God just was so powerfully on him like he's never experienced before in his life and that's the Lord he's there with us in the valley and I believe that the pastor the shepherd the human being who God has put in a church in a community of believers to shepherd they're there with the sheep, with the people of God, when they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. When things are difficult, they're there to be part of that, to be God, to be manifesting God's love and care for the individual going through that time. And I've been in that situation where I've just thought, I don't, know, I don't even know what to say or what to do at this time, but you are with me. That's the key, isn't it? And for us as pastors, we I, I believe we need to just sometimes just show up and be with that person in their time of need, even if we haven't got anything smart to say or we can't make it better. And then it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that surely, and people have talked about this, this is surely the discipline and the restraint of God. And there are some times when it's God's, shepherds under shepherds we have to say to people do you know what that is a really bad idea and you know what I really do not believe that God is saying that to you you know and, and sometimes people don't want to hear that do they I want to do this well it's a it really seems to me like a very unwise choice and sometimes we have to be able to be that direct and and then looking back there's a comforting that comes from that because it really demonstrates that God cares. If somebody cares about us enough to challenge us and, and want to adjust our behaviour or help us to adjust our behaviour because no one can do it for us, um, that surely is a, a demonstration of love. We love, we discipline the children we love. The Lord, those the Lord loves, he also disciplines. And so... That there is a role for the shepherd, for the pastor, in, in even in that 
unpleasant kind of realm of discipline. Um, the writer to the Hebrew says that no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. And let me tell you something, it's probably more painful for the person who is trying to offer that discipline than the person who's receiving it sometimes. Then he goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. This is the this is all about fellowship and communion and I I use that word on purpose it is to do with the communion of just enjoying one another and fellowship and friendship with other believers in a place of community but at the same time it is also so much about that special table where Jesus says where two or three of you are gathered in my name there am I in the midst of you and it's part of the role of the shepherd the pastor of God's flock to provide that table, to prepare the table, to welcome people to the table, not just to meet with each other and have fellowship with each other, but to have fellowship with the risen Jesus himself. Wow. And then you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This is also is to do with us being full of the spirit that we can lay hands on people and say, receive the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit come on you. And for us to be able to administer the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We know that it is Jesus who baptizes in the Holy Spirit, but we as his servants get to partner up in that and lay hands on people to receive that glorious, glorious gift. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. We need to become more and more and more proficient at blessing and anointing people with the oil of the Holy Spirit and just being that conduit through which God can bring such blessing and life. Then verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's, that's obviously David's expectation is that he has a, a life that doesn't end when this life ends but it goes on and on and on forever and his expectation is that blessing and goodness and mercy is going to keep following him all the way through his life and then when when it's all done he'll be with God forever and ever and I believe our job as spiritual shepherds spiritual pastors is to be able to also keep people experience helping people to expect and experience blessings day by day and to know how to reach to God for them for themselves but also to have that expectation that when this life is done we get to be with him forever and ever and ever so all I can say is as I reflect on this I'm thinking God you must help me because this job is such an incredible task And yet I do believe that with the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we as pastors can be a good shepherd. We can be a reflection of the shepherd here in in Psalm 23. We can be um, model ourselves on the shepherding of Jesus. And as we walk through life's journey with the people that God adds to us in the church, we can be 
somewhat like this and I, I say somewhat because obviously this is a high bar but Lord I want to pray for everyone who's a pastor who's listening to me today and thinking crikey this is a tall order Lord I pray that you will help us you will help each one of us whether we take care of one or two or three people or thousands of people Lord I pray that our shepherding will look like Jesus and as we make disciples that our disciples will look like Jesus too in your glorious name we love you so I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book The Christing it's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible Old Testament New Testament exploring stories that may be familiar to us but just seeing how the power and the beautiful rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page and my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.